Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Business Unveiled, expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals, where we take you behind the scenes of our past experiences in the creative industry and share with you what we have learned from them and how they have made us stronger. This podcast will help you grow a productive and profitable business to launch you into success within the creative industry. Today's podcast is being brought to you by the GSD Retreat. It's for badass business owners who want to get shit done beachside in Cabo, Mexico on December 2nd through 6th. This is an annual business strategy and content planning retreat to come and join me and several other amazing speakers in a spectacular oceanfront bedroom villa for an intimate business retreat where you will experience not only fun and friendship, but we want to get shit done for 2019. Do you actually block time on your calendar to work on your business to plan for consistent content and for consistent marketing each month? But you know, something always comes up. I want to invite you to come to spend three full days with me collaborating with like-minded business individuals looking to get this done, to knock it out. I will show you exactly how to put together an annual plan with content creation, images, weekly schedule, and so much more. You will leave Cabo with a solid plan to crush 2019. If you're interested, I want to invite you to visit bit.ly/gsdretreat. Come spend 3 days with me in Cabo where you will leave with an amazing amazing plan where you can fast track your personal and professional goals, leaving you with the return on investment of being absolutely priceless. Visit bit.ly slash GSD retreat. Hi, y'all. It's Angela, and I am back for another episode of Business Unveiled, and I'm so excited to interview one of my very closest friends. She is the author of Moology, so that's like moo, like a cow, M-O-O, la, like L-A-H, and then G-Y, Moology, which is really fun, and she's so fun. And she is the CEO and brand strategist of this amazing agency, Kelly Lucente. And today we are going to be chatting and discussing and talking all about why being different is better than being better. And I know if you're listening, you're like, what the heck does that mean? But Kelly's going to break it down for us and take us back to the basics and give us some really amazing nuggets. So Kelly, thanks for being here today. Oh my gosh, Angela, you know, I always love talking with you. So what a great platform to do that. (laughs) Yay. So a little bit of background on Kelly and I before we jump into who she is and what she has built. Um, I was in LA with my very best friend, literally from kindergarten and her, I'm sitting around her pool with her and her awesome husband and we're just talking and he's like, I have this friend from like back in the day. And like, you guys need to be friends. Like, I don't know why I haven't thought of this, but just like in listening to like your business strategies and what you're doing, he's like, you really, really need to like be her friend. And he's like, I'm going to introduce you guys on Facebook, I think it was. And so I'm like, okay. And then Kelly and another one of our friends like come to Nashville for a conference. It's the GroCo conference put on by, I think the Inc. 500. And it was in Nashville for several years, and then they travel and they go to different places. It's it's really an excellent conference, especially for new entrepreneurs or people trying to figure out like, hey, I'm doing this uh, full-time nine-to-five thing, but I'm trying to f- figure out like this side hustle thing and how to be like profitable. So they had great speakers. It was, just, it was really awesome. And so instantly, Kelly and I are like, 
BFF <laughs> through that. <laughs> and it was so much fun. Um, and that's been years ago. And we have kept in touch and helped each other in our businesses and helped our audiences and done webinars. And finally, because we have this long list of podcast people, I'm like, I really need to interview Kelly because what she's doing and what she has created from a brand strategy perspective, because it's really hot right now, um, she's going to tell you how it is. So um, Kelly, you got anything to add to that? <laughs> Well, no, I think you summarized it great. I mean, I uh, I don't believe in coincidence. I just really believe that you cross paths with, with certain people at certain times in your life and you are really blessed if you are able to meet someone that you just know that you'll have a lifelong connection with. And I just feel that strongly about you. Yeah, it was just, it's like so many people are like, ah, oh, she's like a long lost sister. We're both blonde. <laughs> people think that if you have blonde hair, you're just supposed to be related. It's just funny. And I um, think at the very least, everyone should be entertained by our accents because you've got the drawl and I'm from the North. I'm in Minneapolis. So of course I sound like the movie Fargo. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's 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 going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Um so before we like jump in and talk about Mulaji, what is your background? Like how did you even get into creative? Like I know your backstory, but it's very it's really a neat journey and where you've been and what you took in the corporate world and and how you relayed that into your own company. So Let's share with our listeners um, just a little bit about your background. Sure, of course. So I think I was born creative. I really believe I was put on this earth to do what I'm actually doing today. Of course, as a young person, I did not know that. Uh, but uh, all of my self-development work and my journey, if I were to chart it out on this sort of life course, it absolutely was in perfect and divine timing without question. I, when I graduated um, high school slash college, I knew that I wanted to be an, an ad guy. I just felt like I wanted to be in an agency. And so I got myself into one of the top agencies in Minneapolis and really quickly realized I was on the wrong side of the conference room table. That in fact, I didn't want to be at an agency. I wanted to be a client for a Fortune 500. And as fate would have it, I was able to step into the marketing department of Rollerblade. I'm certainly dating myself because that was popular in the 90s. And hey, it's cool. <laughs> no, I love it. I mean, if, if anyone has been on inline skates in their lifetime, it was really sort of the, it, you were the cool kid, just like Apple. And, you know, I started out when there were 50 employees and left when they were over 300 when the company was sold. And we basically, in that short period of time, three years, turned it into a billion dollar lifestyle sport. And I'm convinced had we stayed in business as a, as a team, we would have turned it into an Olympic sport. Um, and it was there that I met our mutual friend. Um, I was in charge of all of the events across the nation. Everything from inline skate races to trade shows to, uh, we even, you know, did the Mighty Ducks movie series and, and um, you know, any, anything to do with Hollywood, all, all, anything that was experiential marketing, I was in charge of that and, um, or part, you know, part of the team that was in charge of that. And so that really sort of set the table for me on the power of branding, branding specifically on how you can influence somebody's preferences. And whereas I was at the agency, um, I was able to really understand, you know, the, the visual components of things and the verbal components, but the experiential side of branding really rung true when, when I was at Rollerblade. You know, fast forward, I had one child by design. I never saw myself with more kids than just the one. Uh, thankful I had him. His name is Joey, the love of my life. And sadly, I had to he, he's adorable. And um, sadly, I had to leave his dad when he was only six weeks old. So I had to raise him alone. And that was not the path I had set out on, uh, but it was the hand I was dealt, which ultimately turned out fine. He, um, I, I knew that I was wanted to be a very present mom, but my career was really important, and selfishly, that's why I only had one child. And uh, I had one eye on him because I did not want to be an absent parent. And uh, a really sad day came when he was in second grade, and I came home from work, very, very big job, a lot of money, uh, a lot of notoriety. I was very well recognized across the U.S. at the time, and my little boy was in second grade, and he was crying. And I'm like, holy hell, what happened? And he said, you missed this really important thing at school, and his squeaky little boy. 
voice. And I said, why didn't you tell me? And he said, because you're never here. And Aww. it was in that moment that I realized that a second grader was schooling me as the parent. And um, I had to make a very hard line decision. And that's when I left corporate and uh, decided that I had the rest of my life to make money and only one chance with this boy. And so it was my commitment to him that I was gonna try and figure out a way to feed my creative soul to actually have a career, but put him first. And that's really how Retool Marketing and Brand by Kelly were both were born, was as a, a byproduct of the choice I made to be a better mom. And I have to say, you know, my goal was to get him to high school health and Hall, and I'm happy to report that yesterday he graduated from the Carlson School of Management, which is a very prestigious college in Minneapolis. Um, and I, I met the goal. I hit the goal. My son is is flourishing and thriving. And now, for the first time in over two decades, I get to look at what's next for me. It's very surreal. That's so amazing. And another goal that I think is really important that you shared with me and I hope it's okay that I share it with our audience but um, you know I didn't when I went to college I didn't understand what student loans were like my parents did not sit me down and say okay so you're gonna get these checks and so you know you can use the money however but don't use the extra money on like spring break and clothes um, these are for your books and for you to live and you know, I just took all the extra money and then I graduate and I get this coupon book and it's like for the next 30 years of your life, you will be paying this in interest and like, and I didn't understand and I'm like, what? Oh. This is a lot of money and, um, you know, and the whole student loan thing set in and so one of your goals was what? To have my son uh, cross that stage debt free. And that he did it. And he did it. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that because when he was in high school, I did not save for his college. I did not save. That was not on that wasn't the plan because I, when I went to college, you know, my family had zero money. We grew up dirt poor and everything was hand to mouth. And I thought this would be, you know, I, I have a, a strong belief in value of, of the power of money and how important it is and that you have to earn it. And so I thought I'll just send my son off to college with uh, the, the same strategy. But when he was a senior in high school and he was busting his rump to get to go into college with 46 AP credits because he knew it was just him and I and that he didn't want to burden our little micro family with a bunch of debt, he hustled to go in as a sophomore. And I was so profoundly moved by that that I said, you know what? I owe it to my son to help him. And, and subsequently, the last four years, and he once he got there decided, even though I'm a sophomore, I think I'm going to double major and double minor to have the full four-year experience, of course, because I birthed an overachiever <laughs> like myself. And uh, so I, I made a commitment to him. I said, you know what? My, I, I am going to be head down, focused every dime I make. I'm going to reinvest in you because you are the future and uh, you have a big heart and I know that you won't take uh, this for granted. And I did it. He, uh, the tears I shed yesterday were not only because of the greatness of my son, but I high-fived my damn self. Yay, that's awesome. So like, so really, I mean, branding and strategy is amazing. And it's very different now than it was, you know, when you started the agency. And really, it's like you have been able to help so many brands and so many clients. And it's the people and the clients that support our small businesses that help us achieve these goals and these dreams. And so while like I'm working with brand new businesses and they're like so focused on their brand and building their brand and I'm like, but without the clients, there is no brand. <laughs> so when you first started the agency and you were like, I'm committed to this, like how did you get clients? Like what, because again, I know when you and I both started our businesses, social media didn't exist. And so what was your strategy and your commitment? I mean, obviously you had a ton of relationships from the corporate world, but how did you jump in and say, okay, I've got to go get my own clients now? Like, what did that look like? 
Well, right. So here's the thing. Most of us set out on this entrepreneurial journey, journey and they don't realize that without sales, you have no business. Um, I'll tell you this. I'm a hustler. And what I mean by that is I'm willing to roll up my sleeves and do the work. A lot of people go into entrepreneurship because they want to take a breather. You know, they left the corporate grind and they're like, finally, I get to do what I want, when I want, on my own time. And, and what happens then is they, they become frustrated because they're viewed as a hobbyist. And what I always did was I said, look, uh, no one's going to make it rain but me, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. So you, you eat what you kill and you better get out there. And, and I'm a master networker. It is if I could give anyone advice on this uh, podcast today, it's that you better become one with LinkedIn because that is like shooting fish in a barrel. And and what I mean by that is people are very giving by nature. One of the best things I ever the best piece of advice I've ever given someone is start every email subject line with, I need your help because gotcha. instinctively we want to help people. Now you mm -hmm. have to give to get certainly, right? You have to be in service of others. Um, but LinkedIn is where I started and it was my commitment to do anywhere between seven and 10 networking appointments, whether it was live at a coffee shop or, or via you know, Skype at the time, Zoom now, um, but to, to make some kind of face-to-face -face connection with somebody with the sole goal of building a relationship, knowing that the money would show up down the road because ultimately I would be top of mind. And I you know, went from very few LinkedIn connections to almost 7,000 today. And it's through that effort that I, you know, I, I get now almost 100% referral business, very little um, um, outbound marketing, it's really inbound. So that's sort of how I started on the path of trying to generate leads. I will tell you too, that you have to have proof of concept. Okay, so you need two things to convert proof of concept and social proof proof of concept is can you do what you claim you can do you actually have to prove it out you actually have to do something for people to see or experience to say yes this person is credible they really do know what they're doing and ultimately the social proof happens as a byproduct of that where people will say she really is that good so now I'm going to tell all my friends about it and then I'll send referrals her way. That's amazing. So still, I mean, to this day, even with social media, um, which the it's true for me too, it's like our business pretty much comes from other people experiencing what we do um, because it's really hard <laughs> to put in like a trade show booth, like what a planner does or what a consultant does or what a brand strategist does. Um, and so it's, it's really incredible. So do you, when you work with a brand, do you go back and ask them for testimonials for video or do they just send it as you launch things or do you have a process for that? Uh, well, it, it sort of depends on who it is. You know, not everybody has a stellar experience because what I do hurts. Uh, it's all front end loaded. The money is spent up front. Uh, it's really tricky to tie it back to ROI initially because it needs to, it needs to, uh, it needs to work. You know, the end, you, you have to launch it and let it sort of ferment in order for it to actually show any results. So in, all, in many cases, if somebody's going to invest in branding, it is a leap of faith to some degree. And here's what I would say as part of a, a close the loop on what you just said is this in the olden days uh procuring clients was pretty um uh, specific in that, you know, it was a process of elimination. If you made 100 phone calls, you'd, you'd probably convert 5%, and it was just seriously dialing for dollars. Now, you guys, I will tell you that the sales process is very different. The consumer wants different. They don't want better. We have been trained to be the best at you know we are the premier brand in the space we do it better we're faster we're all these things but I'm gonna tell you something the consumer today wants different they want an experience and you know if there's time we can certainly talk about what that means but if you can somehow figure out a way to articulate what would be missed 
if you didn't exist in the space, you win. Yeah, I mean, I would love to go deeper and just share some of your processes and procedures or, you know, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Um, Like, what does that actually mean? Like, how, like, people ask me all the time, they're like, how are you different? Like, okay, you went from weddings and then planning and then designing and then consulting and like, what makes you different? And I'm like, well, the two main things, well, multiple things. It's like, I went from a hobbyist to a profitable company. Um, You know, so that's the first thing, understanding the business, which is not the fun part. And then understanding the power behind using technology and automation. And I really learned that from being in the healthcare industry and then, um, and which drives productivity, which is going to drive profitability, but then also having the psychology piece from my background, that's what really sets me apart in the way that we approach designs and the way that we approach the events that we do and the way that we approach the companies that we work with and help grow. So it, people are still confused today. They're like, what do you do? <laughs> um, but w- what really makes you different and how have you built that image so that the outside world understands what different means and the value of it? Sure. Um, Well, let's talk about you for a quick second and then we'll do that because what I just heard you say was really, really lovely, but I would argue so what? Because I could say, I could state that other people who do what you do would probably be saying the exact same thing as you, right? Now, they probably don't have the back-end technology service, but as a consumer, at the end of the day, I'm not really caring about that. I just want a result, right? So for me, it's like, why would I pick Angela over any other option? Why? Why specifically you? It does not matter how your back end works to me as a client because I want the result. So I would argue to you, Angela, I would say one of your differentiators to your client, outward spoken versus your differentiators to your um, event planners who want your consultation services is flawless execution. You know, because I'll tell you something, I've worked with a lot of event planners and that is a rocky damn road. (laughs) Right. Yep. I have worked with you as well. And that shit is flawless. Flawless. Yep. There it is. You are like stealth. You are like a it, it is like <laughs> unbelievable. And if it were me, I would exploit that component. And it's because of all of the things that you just said that you're able to produce a flawless experience. And at the end of the day, the consumer just wants perfection, right? Now, granted, Absolutely. things are gonna go bad, but your gift. Is, is the ability to mitigate that and being able to troubleshoot in such a way that oftentimes the client don't even know it. And that's rare. And I would use that if I were you. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, just a little free advice for you, my doll. Love uh, it. <laughs> yeah. So as far as me, I will tell you this. I, for those of you, the ladies on, on, the, on the podcast, if you've ever watched the show Scandal, and know who Olivia Pope is, I've been called the Olivia Pope of branding. Basically what that means is I'm a fixer. (laughs) And and the thing that I'm asked to do, now granted, I can make beautiful logos, I can write beautiful words that are on point, I can build really great virtual storefronts and a website and collateral, just like any other agency. But the thing that makes me different is that I am able to articulate your onlyness. The thing that would be missed if you didn't exist, the thing that that you want to be known for, the thing that happens because of you. And that onlyness is your core differentiator. Like I just shared with you what I think one of yours is. And that what happens then is once we're we're able to unpack and repack it and figure out the thing that only you bring to the table, which separates you from everybody else in your space, right? Then you would hire me to bring it to life visually, verbally, and experientially. So, so what does that look like? What kind of tone, what does it sound like? What's our tone of voice? What pictures do we use? Are we cheeky? Are we edgy? Do we swear? Are we very stoic? Like what's the brand voice? And then ultimately, if I engage you, what's it going to feel like? All right. Am I, is this just going to be like this flawless execution that Angela provides where it's basically I'm you know, tiptoeing through the tulips and eating bonbons because she's so amazing? Or is there going to be some rub? And am I going to not like your people? And am I going to be frustrated while I'm getting married? You know, because I'm, I'm basically the, uh, 
the, the worst bride on the planet. The, the point is, someone's got to figure that out because you will spend money that you don't need to spend if you just arbitrarily pull something out of the sky. You have to do the work to figure out what makes your brand tick. And then you need someone to build it and breathe it to life so that it connects dots for people. Like there's just zero question. When, when somebody steps into your website or meets you in person, they have an aha moment and they say, I get you, makes perfect sense. I have to tell everyone about you. That's amazing. Like, so when you created, where did the whole like moolaji come from? <laughs> like, how did you create that own idea, like for your own brand? Moolaji. <laughs> yeah, so well, you know, it's, it's what I do for a living, obviously. So if it sucked, it would just be a testament to how bad I am. And, <laughs> and uh, so moolaji is a book that I was asked to write. I did not set out to be an author. Look, I mean, I'm not trained. I'm not a trained speaker and I'm not a trained writer. I just have important things to say. And um, that book I had been, when I speak on stage all over the U S I basically scare the crap out of the people in the audience because what happens <laughs> is right. Like they're like, Holy crap. I had no idea. Like I didn't know I was supposed to know that. And now that you've brought it to my attention, I'm freaking out. And what do I do next? And at that time I really had no one stop shop, one place, one resource for these people to go I was like, well, you could go to your local score or you could join EO or you could, you know, Google some of these things. But if you don't even know what to ask, you can't put the entire journey a to Z to launch a brand together. So I said, oh my gosh, now I'm going to have to, I have to create a tool to be able to give that context to people, which was Moology. And it's funny because when I was asked to write the book, I got myself a publisher. I got a developmental editor. Those are the people who read what you wrote to make sure it actually makes sense. And then I have a copywriter on staff and I start every sentence with a proposition. She doesn't like that. So she fixes those oh. sentences. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I had nine days in my calendar in the month of November, I had nine days, three weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, back to back, that I wasn't up to my eyebrows and alligators. And I said, I'm writing this book, 52,000 words in nine days. And my publisher said, you are insane. There's no way that can be done. And I'm like, you know what? I don't have a choice. This book has to be written. I have to put it out. I have to give it to the world. And I did it. I wrote the 52,000 words in nine days, had it published by February, like wow. in print. Um, and, uh, strangely I had written it for entrepreneurs, early stage business owners who just needed to know what they didn't know. Uh, but ironically it's a 50, 50 split between an early stage business and corporate execs who, when CEOs hear me speak, they buy copies for all of their executive team and say, this is a, re this is a, a refresher course. Like you, you guys need to get up because everyone's so head down, right, on their, down their little islands. I'm on the big, I'm on the, the mainland, you know, with yeah. TVs going and all social media streaming on all the computers I have in my office. I mean, I, I look like I'm a trader on Wall Street, but it's like what I'm, <laughs> what I'm looking for is what's trending. Like what's tripping people's triggers on, on their buying, their, their buying trends. Like what, what do they want to hear? How do they want to feel? What do they want to see so that I can advise my clients without them, anyone having to think but me? That's awesome. I mean, just, I, and I feel like a lot of branding strategists that I know or talk to, you're all unique. Like, and I feel like the, would you say your past experience really has helped cultivate like how you handle things and how you handle clients? Or did you get coaching or do you go to conferences? Like how have you, um, you know, aside from like, most of us, probably if you're listening, like you are a hustler, it's like you'll work 24 seven. And like you said, you leave corporate America thinking you're going to like own your life. And really it's like, because you're working so hard for yourself and your clients and your brand, it's actually the other way around. <laughs> it totally is. It it's totally is. It's a myth. If you think you're going to be able to put your feet up and watch a little TV, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and it's like, if you have the passion and the drive, it's like, you don't want to do anything else. Like you just want to get this moving and get it going. Right. And so would you say that, I mean, to get to where you are today, what, what are the tools that help you get there? So is it coaching? Is it conferences? Is it collaborating with other brand strategists? Like what are some tips that people can look for? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, first of all, I, and I know everyone has heard this before, but you have to figure out, uh, well, for, this is what I'll do with my clients. There's two questions I ask them. Um, number one, are you in or are you optional? Because my advice is going to be commensurate with that answer. If you're optional, I'm going to get a lot of yeah, buts. So they're not going to probably want to do the ugly. And um, that's fine. That's actually an answer. But if you're in, <clears throat> that opens a lot of doors for us. Uh, and I ask that of myself on every step of the journey in my business, whether I'm going to grow it or keep it, you know, where it's at, uh, depending on what's happening in my life. It's like, am I in or am I optional today? Uh, that's number one. Number two, you've got you've to gotta figure out what are you good at and what are you passionate about? Because sometimes those are exclusive of one another. Uh, sometimes what you, you want to get up and you would do for free every single day is not the thing you're best at that you could make some money at, okay? And I want to make that really clear for people is that if you can merge those two into one, you are going to have an amazing career uh, as an entrepreneur. It's not always, it doesn't always happen right away though, okay? And so throughout my journey, everything, every step I've taken in business and theoretically, I could argue my personal life has been a dress rehearsal for what I do today. Without question, um, I was born to do this and how bizarro that it came full circle. My very first gig was at an agency and I happened to run one. Like how bizarro is that, right? Because remember at the beginning of our chat, I said that, that I was on the wrong side of the conference room table. Um, I was born for it. I really believe it. And what I've done to grow and evolve as far as my knowledge base, my acumen, uh, how I show up and what I can give to clients is pretty specific. Um, I did not have a coach. I know a lot of people say you need mentors, you need coaches. I couldn't afford one, you guys. I mean, they're 25K at a minimum, the good ones. Yeah. And, um, and I, I couldn't afford it. And so I, every single book on my bookshelf in my library, it's extensive, is personal development and related to business. There are no Harry Potter books on the shelf, Fifth Shades Gray. There is none of that on my shelf. Any downtime I have, I am reading, and, and I'm old school. I have the highlighter, and I have to take notes in the margin. A lot of people do a lot of podcasting now, and that's, that's how they grow and learn and evolve. Um, but I am really self-taught in many ways. I attend a lot of conferences. Um, I have some mentors who have attached their wagon to me. I uh, do so free, ironically. I, I've been able to find actually two, a, a gentleman who is very, very versed in business operations because that's my gift, full transparency. I suck at running a business. I'm not good at it. That's not my skill. Uh, so he's very instrumental in making sure that I don't derail my own train. And um, another gentleman who runs, has run many agencies in the Twin Cities, and he is my advisor on how I price my services on the retool marketing side of things. So I really ride two horses with one ass, which you will find <laughs> out if you Google me at all, which is retoolmarketing.com is my agency site. And that's where I rebrand businesses, established businesses who have you know, major marketing and branding budget. Brand by Kelly is my passion. Remember how I told you the thing that makes you money versus what you really want to get up and do for free? Yep. Those are not commingled in my world because I have yet to find a way to do that. Retool marketing pays the bills. Brand by Kelly is my give. It's my give to all the other single moms out there, people who've left corporate and are struggling, entrepreneurs who are trying to stake a claim on their fair share of this blue ocean out there. And that is basically a plethora of resources, whether it's free, several free things, or very, very inexpensive ways to DIY or do self-directed things without having to spend huge coaching costs. Um, that's basically what I've done to get me to this point. And I continue to learn. I just got back from a three-day conference in Denver uh, just on Sunday. And it was very interesting because what they were teaching was how to get more speaking gigs, right? How to, how to command more stages, how to book more and, um, and, 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 and focus on that uh, because I haven't, my speaking opportunities have just come organically. Someone hears me speak, they'll book me, but it isn't a core piece of my business, which I would like it to be in 2020. So I 
invested a lot of money to go to this thing. And here's what's so bizarre about it. As I was sitting there, every single speaker over the course of three days, and they were three days of 13 hours each, you guys. Like, this is a no joke. Every single speaker who took the stage said, you better get your brand right first before you get on social media, you start spinning up dust, you start pushing out marketing, because if you can't articulate why you and how you're different and why anyone should give two craps about you versus your competition, you are wasting your money. And so the learning experience for me there was twofold. Not only did I... um, come back with a whole bunch of really great ideas how I'm going to get myself on stage. But it's solidified again that branding is not dead, that I'm still in the, I've got the right butt in the right seat right now. And I am committed and focused to spreading the word about the power of how if you invest just a tiny bit of time and resources to getting your story straight, this brand narrative, that you won't have to kill yourself to try and convince people to buy from you. Right, because they're going to want it. Because mm-hmm. and and let me tell you, when somebody wants something bad enough, they will find a way to get it. And I've proven that in every event that we do. Yes. Especially in weddings. It's like if somebody wants it bad enough, they're gonna find a way to pay for it. Um, it's just it's crazy. So now like in the time that we're in, it's like, you know, branding is cool and and it's a thing and it is a buzzword, you know, five years ago, really, I don't think people really understood, at least I didn't understand it at all. And so what is, what can our takeaway be to our, our listeners? Like what specifically, how can someone make their brand relevant? Mm -hmm. Well, the very first thing you have to figure out is, you know, what's your brand story? What, what, what is the whole point of you doing this? And, and I, would, I would suggest they do a couple of things. Number one, journal out, write out what led you to this place, right? So everything from your earliest memory to now. And the reason you want to do that exercise is because oftentimes golden nuggets will bubble to the surface because people want to understand that you just didn't wake up one day and decide to be a health and wellness coach when you used to be an accountant sitting in a cube right? Like you have to be able to come up with a narrative that explains to me why you're relevant. Once you do that, everything else falls into place, such as you can easily name your business. Then you can come up with brand identity, which is your logo and your color palette and any images that, that, that work in conjunction with that. Then you have to actually write words. Now, if you are not good at writing, you better outsource that, you guys. I'm so serious. Um, Because images support words, not the other way around, and everybody does it backwards. So what happens is someone will say, oh, I picked my name, and I picked my logo, and I put up a a website on Wix, and and I'm all set to go. And I go and look at it, and it, it is a hot mess because I don't know what they do for a living. I don't know. I don't understand how they're different from the competition. And if it's confusing to me, I'm going to bounce, right? I'm out. So what people need to do is really consider, does the low, does the name of the business make sense to the audience? And I want to make this really clear. There are two kinds of brands, you guys, personal brand and corporate brand. Personal brand is a person. In other words, if the, if the person is hit by a bus, the business dies with them, okay? Yep. If, if it's a personal brand, it's, it can be all about them. Their favorite color, their favorite business name, oftentimes it's first name, last name.com. It can be their, well, how they feel about things, and then the, the right audience is attracted to that. If it's a corporate brand, uh, a name that is not yours, it is technically a corporate brand. That's way easier to sell, by the way, just so you know, FYI, corporate brands are way easier to sell. If it's a corporate brand, it's a they game. In other words, you have to brand to your audience. I'm going to give you an example. I have a very good friend up in Canada, and she is a strategist. And her what she sells is super heady. Like, I don't even half the time understand it. It's so complex. And she um, said to me one day, I don't understand why I don't have as many male clients as female. I don't know what's wrong. And I'm like, honey, it's because your brand identity, your entire color palette is pink. <laughs> No no man is going to hire you if all your stuff is pink. She's like, but it's my favorite color. 
I'm like, of course it is. I don't give a crap because your clients don't care. If you change the palette, the only change you need to make is your palette. I promise you'll have a 50-50 split. She did and she did. So, so you need to think about what does my client want to see? What do they want to feel? What do they want to hear and you brand to them? That is the hardest thing for an entrepreneur to reconcile. Because remember, finally the first time in their life, they're able to do things on their own terms. And I'm saying, like with retoolmarketing.com, if you go to that website, it looks, sounds and feels very different than brandbykelly.com. Why? Because on the Brand by Kelly side, it's a me game. It's all about Kelly. It's what I like. It's how I sound. It's how I feel. So if you like me, uh, you are more inclined to be a, a good candidate for me. On the retool marketing side, it's about my audience. It has nothing to do with me. Nothing. And you want to just be really crystal clear as you're building out those two. Okay. And then whatever you do, you guys, make sure you have a firing on all cylinders website and LinkedIn profile. This weekend, there was some rumblings from people in the audience saying, oh, ClickFunnels was there, so all, all we need are sales pages and lead generation and landing pages. Okay, yeah, for campaign specific things that you're gonna babysit and nurture, I'm saying there are, there are hundreds of people who are hearing about you that you aren't even aware of that want to, um, um, decide if they want to pre-select you or not without even picking up the phone. So if I refer Angela, which I do all the time, my tribe is going to go two places to check her out before they pick up the phone, her website and her LinkedIn profile. Just because Kelly says she's a good uh, event planner doesn't necessarily mean it's the right fit for them. So they're going to do their due diligence and they're going to step into her environment. If, it, if they can feel anything that resonates with them, then they will take some kind of call to action, some kind of action, pick up the phone, opt in, send her an email, whatever. If not, they're going to bounce. And what I would encourage you to do is find out how many people are bouncing off your website. It's the only place you can find out and you can track that data is, is there. And on your LinkedIn profile, that's your professional version of Facebook. It's very professional there. But here's the thing. I want to know what kind of people you're connected to. Are you connected to A-listers as an event planner? If you don't have any kind of influencers in your tribe, I'm gonna really question whether or not you're still working on the spare bedroom of your house. Whether you are or you aren't isn't the relative point here, but the perception of relevance. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You can work out of your home, but by God, if you look, sound, and feel like you do, might be a problem, especially with your pricing category. Because Price it as an entry-level Walmart, but if you're pricing Tiffany and you're the luxury brand in the space, uh, you better show up looking, sounding, and feeling like it. Does this make sense? Oh, yeah. You got, you got to walk the walk and talk the talk. And, um, you know, one thing that I will say, and I've, I've said this before to my audience, like A-B split testing is so important. And I would choose, you're right, like we used to do it so backwards and I would choose images that I liked. And typically I liked them because I loved the client. And then I hired someone who is just all about the numbers, all about the analytics, the numbers don't lie. And she's like, so I've already tested these images and this is what people are clicking on and this is what is resonating with your audience. And I'm like, well, I don't like that picture. Typically, typically because like I had a bad experience maybe with a client. And so she's like, do you want to make money or do you want to pick the pictures? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just going <laughs> to shut up now and you can do and I'm not going to have an opinion anymore. And so it was the first like aha moment where I'm like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. It's like I cared about what I, and it, you're so on point with like, I cared so much about what like I think and what I want and how I want to say it. And I had to quickly get over that. And it's not even like pride or arrogance or anything. It's just as a personal brand and as an entrepreneur, and when you, you're small and then, you know, to grow bigger, you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to do things that you're unsure of. You have to take risk. And so having someone come into my company who doesn't know that much about the brand and then to point out all of these things, it was life changing. And so I took a back seat 
now and, you know, have other people help me with that because there's so many blind spots of me not understanding what the audience wants. And so over this past year, we've been testing all types of things and it's been really fun to see where it resonates with people because in my experience of doing this, I thought people just wanted to see the pretty, like the, the final product, um, you know, the final websites, whatever. But really what people are gravitating to is they like to see the behind the scenes. They like to see how, thing, how are we getting there? How are we getting to this point? Um, you know, the finished product, product is great, but it's like, how the hell did you do that? And so, I, I mean, our engagement has just skyrocketed ever since, you know, my team was like, okay, we need to show behind the scenes. Like, we need to show. And I'm like, why? Like, why does people care? Why do people care? Because they just want an experience. Now, yeah. now, remember, they want an experience. They don't yeah. want better. They want different. And what they're looking for in all those pictures, Angela, is how are you different? How, if I engage with you, what's, what's it going to feel like? Because anybody can put the veil of perfection over something. Look at Facebook. You know, how many, everybody on Facebook, uh, which is awesome, by the way. I love Facebook. I make a lot of money there. But I'm just saying that most people post all the good stuff, not their ugly. And, um, and that's all fine and good, honestly. But when you're hiring somebody, you want to know exactly what that's going to feel like. Yep. And I think that's where you'll, you'll see that continue. Yep. And so I, I, yeah, I think that the consistency of a brand message and what you're about and what giving your audience what they want. It's been one of the hardest lessons that I've had to learn as an entrepreneur, but that is definitely so on point. Um, another key thing that I think that you could help with is just how, as a brand, like how do we know like our onlyness? Like what's going to help us like one nugget of like converting sales? Mm -hmm. Okay, so the easiest thing you could do is uh, look at your competition. And, and I know people are like, nobody does what I do. I don't have any competition. I'm like, BS. Um, you gotta, you got to dissect your competition. If you look at your top three to five com competitors, and I am not necessarily referring apples to apples, okay? What I'm saying is, if you are selling a very specific service, and if you have a broad service suite, your competition could be different based on each service. Then what you want to do is you want to figure out where your ideal client is spending the money to get that fixed. Okay, I'm going to give you an example. If I want a boyfriend, I have options. I can hire my friend who is a relationship coach, and she can serve up these beautiful people on a silver platter. Or I could um, do some online uh, options and sign up, and I can go through the list on my own uh, like a buffet. Or I could put on my really sexy dress and go to the bar and pay the bartender for a drink and just wait for someone to approach, all right? The, the experience is different. The result is the same. A person will materialize. Probably not the most ideal in some of those examples, but I'm just saying that where I'm writing my check I am getting the result based on those three different scenarios. Those three are technically competition, okay? So you look at your competition, and the things you're looking for is related to their brand. What are they doing, in your opinion, that's different than you, that's better than you, and what's worse than you? Because I can promise you that after you do this exercise, you're going to do what's called a SWOT analysis. That's strengths weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Just make a, uh, like a big square and grid it so there are four quadrants, four boxes, and you're gonna list what are your strengths in comparison to these guys? Where are you better than, okay? What are your weaknesses? Where do you fall short? Opportunities is all about where could you swamp their boat? In theory, what are they doing really great, but in execution, they're falling flat right? Like for you, Angela, your opportunity is to completely just drown out the competition with your, your technology expertise. Like there's no way anyone can touch you there. So because of that, your opportunity grows exponentially based on the scenario I'm sharing. And then um, uh, threats. Threats are who's coming to the market. Like, you know, Apple's always being attacked 
uh, by by competition and and those threats you have to be prepared you know like the taxi industry didn't think that uber uh, or lyft were going to show up they're a threat right and so you just if you had a picture in front of you of how you line yourself up against your competition you might get closer to your onlyness i will tell you this please don't get frustrated you are doing the best you can with the information you have at any given time i can't tell you how many people apologize for their bad branding when they meet me i'm saying be proud of what you built your onlyness if we're just being super transparent you're probably not going to nail it unless you hire a brand strategist that's what they do all day long it's my onlyness you guys remember how we were talking about onlyness earlier and, and angela asked what mine was I'm the Olivia Pope. I'm the one, if you, if you don't hire me for anything else, it would be for this one thing. And I have clients all over the country fly to Minneapolis, sometimes a negative 45 degree windshield, I'm not going to lie to you, to do what's called a two-day intensive where I come up with their onlyness in two days. So that, once we have that, once we know what that is, now everything else can be built in a millisecond and it's firing in all cylinders and people are going, hell yes, thank you, may I have another. That's the whole point. So you can certainly try to DIY it. I would highly recommend you don't though. And if you were to invest any of your marketing dollars or if you're saving money, uh, invest it there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, you guys, like I can't even tell you how my business changed when I did hire a brand coach and a brand strategy. It's just, it's such a different um, perspective that you, it's just like a humongous blind spot. Well, it's because you don't know what you don't know. Like you don't even know where to look or what to ask. It just, it's not intuitive. I, I wouldn't listen. I suck at numbers, right? <laughs> There's no way I'm doing my own taxes or my own accounting. Are you kidding me? I'd be right. audited like every year. I, there, I, I, I am smart enough to know that I'm going to outsource my weaknesses. If I don't know these things, I have no business doing them myself. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. <laughs> like, so tell us what is the next big, like exciting thing you've got, you're launching the brand of you, which tell us a little bit about that. Um, okay. So the brand of you actually is relatively new. Um, this was one of the things I had created on the brand by Kelly side of things where it was 100% do it yourself. It is a workbook. Uh, everybody on the planet is a brand, whether they do anything about it or not. Okay. So how you're showing up, people are very, very judgmental in this country, uh, good, bad, or otherwise. And we are being judged. So if you'll, and I'll just liken it to, you know, when you meet someone at first blush, you basically put them in a box and you either like them or you don't, they, they irritate you or not. And then once you get to know them, your initial perception changes. And what the brand of you does is help you put together a brand and messaging bank of who are you? How do you show up? What are your strengths and weaknesses? What are your skills and attributes? What are your top five strength finder? How do you package all of that so that when you do your elevator pitch or you meet someone for the first time or you've got two seconds to share with somebody what happens because of you, that you control that narrative. And one of the things that we unearth with that is um, what are people saying about you when you're not in the room? We're going to control that. We get to decide what that sounds like. And so what happened was, you know, people were doing that. And then I got a phone call from all these corporations, these fortune 500 companies saying, okay, well, I want you to come in and do the brand, uh, the brand of you with my execs so that they have better, better communication skills that they're getting what they need from their downline, the people that, that report to them and uh, that there's no miscommunication. Everybody gets everybody and there's, there's love in the room. Um, and so what I did is I thought, okay, well, if I had to re-architect that program so that I facilitate it, why don't I do that for entrepreneurs who don't want to DIY it? So uh, this, while I was at my conference, I pushed out a video to the people on my mailing list and I just said, look, um, I'm going to do this live with you guys. It's going to be a small group. We're going to bust through it together and it's going to be really cheap uh, because I know that people struggle with figuring it out. Am I this or am I this? And all I need to do is look at you on Zoom and tell you exactly which one you are. <laughs> that's my yeah. uh, So that, that's just something that I pushed out and, um, you know, uh, we're going to see how that, how that rolls out versus someone trying to just do it on their own. 
That's so awesome. It's so amazing. And we're out of time. I, I could talk to you forever. You're giving so much value and awesome information. Like, thank you so, so much. But guys, be sure to connect with Kelly at Brand by Kelly, and it's just K-E-L-L-Y dot com. And she, like she said, she's got a ton of free, valuable resources that you can learn and identify those blind spots for your brand and your onlyness, which I love that. It's super cute. Um, also, you've got your Facebook group, The Movement, and it's M-O-O-V meant m-e-n-t and really that's where you're answering questions and giving people valuable information in real time so that people it, it can help people with like their marketing content and really just share your experiences and provide advice for people and then you also tell us about your as, as we wrap up like what is your five-day personal brand challenge for well, our listeners? Yeah, you, you will love it, you guys. And it's free, 1,000% free. Yay. No, it's great. <clears throat> I think it's one of the best things I've ever created. And it actually happened because a lot of people I know, need they don't have the budget and they need to do it themselves. The five-day brand challenge, which actually is in a one-time download. If you want to take five days, you can. If you want to bust it out in a day, it, it's uh, up to you. But basically, it's me teaching how to create a mood board through Pinterest. Why Pinterest? Because it's free. Kelly likes free. So get you on a Pinterest page. I teach you step-by-step how to build out a brand, a brand mood board so that you can give that because most people are visual learners. You can give that to your graphic designer, your copywriter, your web team and say, this is who I am. This is my business brand. Now bring it to life and it's free. That's amazing. So if they go to brandbykelly.com slash B as in boy, B as in boy, K as in Kelly, slash five day, that'll take them directly to that brand personal challenge. Yes. Perfect. And also, and thank you also for creating this. Um, Kelly has put together an, an event success system. It's 99 bucks and that's at brandbykelly.com slash events. So tell them what that is. Just yeah. really Yeah, really quick. Okay. So as you know, um, I've got a lot of event experience and one of the things that's really hot right now is experiential marketing and that is events. So whether you're an attendee or you're an exhibitor with a booth or you produce your own event, um, there is a lot of money in those rooms. You guys, you can cast a wide net and have very substantive conversations with people. This is specifically for an exhibitor. If you have had a booth and it's fallen flat or you want to, but you're afraid to, this is literally A to Z nine months out all the way to three months past the event, how to monetize uh, having an event, uh, a booth. So that means how to make money, you guys. So (laughs) that is an amazing system for the price. So be sure to check it out, brandbykelly.com slash events. And also connect on Instagram, brandbykelly. And then also the Facebook group under the Moo movement, but M-O-O-V-M-E-N-T. Super cute. I love it. I love the branding behind all of this. Kelly, thank you so much for being here today. You gave great info. Oh, thanks, honey. And everybody, thank you so much for listening and be sure to tune in next week to another episode of Business Unveiled. Have a great day. Bye. Today's podcast is brought to you by Vlog Easy. That is V as in victory. Vlog Easy is an app in the iTunes store for iPhones that help you make content videos as well as vlogging on the go to share with your audience. It has absolutely transformed the way that I do video and communicate with my audience. If you are looking for an app that allows you to edit on the go, or if you simply don't know how to edit videos, this app allows you to do just that. You can record yourself in a quiet room. You don't have to remember what to say. You can simply look at your notes, and each time you're quiet and you pause, the Vlog Easy app takes all of those quiet moments out and edits everything together. It's like magic, and it saves so much much 
time. Vlog Easy allows you to record in vertical or horizontal formatting. You can import existing videos that live on your phone into the app and so much more. Vlog Easy Pro gives you the unlimited cloud backup as well as removing the watermark. Give it a try for free today. The link is bit.ly bit.ly slash vlog easy all in lowercase v as in victor l-o-g-e-a-s-y give it a try if you found this podcast helpful please share it with your friends and i'm so very grateful if you leave a review be sure you are a subscriber so you never ever miss the juicy details of business unveiled Also, be sure that you are part of my email list. And if you're not, sign up today at AngelaProfit.com, where I share valuable resources and exclusive products with only my subscribers. Now, before I go, I want to ask you, if you have a story or a product to share with the creative industry, please let me know. To be considered as a guest on Business Unveiled, visit AngelaProfit.com and submit a podcast guest form. Until next time, remember to stay productive and profitable. You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit AngelaProfit.com.